episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. There's going to be a party just two doors down, and all you backwoods Barbies are invited. The Dolly Hoedown premieres on March 13th at 7 p.m., and it's going to be a hoot and hollering good time as we celebrate the country queen herself, Dolly Parton. $6 gets you admission to the live premiere on Zoom. Can't watch live? The show will be available for $6 on Vimeo. A portion of the cover will benefit the National Center for Transgender Equality. Venmo at MichaelBlockTalk with your email for show access. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It's time to spray paint your mouth green alongside many, 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 many men because that's hot. It was Snatch Game Week on Drag Race Season 13, and it was blank. Joining me to break it all down for you is someone who is absolutely blanking, Detox Boussier. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Block Talk. Thank you. Oh, my God. You know what? I wish COVID was not happening so we could like literally sit on the block and sit on the I know, right? It's so much fun to be able to do like in-person interviews, not only because internet connections are sometimes troublesome, but it's nice to have the, the back and forth and, and, and make real eye contact and have human connection. But soon, soon we all will be able to do that. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I'm getting my... Um, second dose uh tomorrow so i'm very excited about that so i will be Ooh. vaccinated and still back at home with an injury so we'll we'll get out and play soon but how, how have I'm you waiting. been are... i'm still waiting to get my vaccine you know yeah. i'm still waiting well hopefully you'll get it soon and 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 you'll be able to go hang out in the park and have fun too absolutely because it's a gorgeous day out in here in new york city and new jersey I know the unfortunate part about it being a good day is I have classes and I have back-to-back <laughs> meetings. So it's like so hard for me to get out. I'm like, no, yeah. I just want to give it all up. But yeah, I hear that. I'm going to try to get some sun later. Yeah. Well, let's start with some drag news of the week. I want to talk about drag race down under. Down under. The queens have been revealed and Art Simone is the winner. <laughs> I just wow. like, I don't get it. I, I put the poll up on my Instagram of like the tuning and booting of the, the uh, reveal looks. Mm-hmm. Art Simone currently at this hour is still at 100%. She, everyone loves her. How does she lose this show? You know what it is? It's because Art Simone is already coming in with such a platform. So like yeah. when people are doing those polls, that's the first name they see. Exactly. And the reason why I kind of know of Art Simone and um, Karen from Finance, because I remember um in 2019 i think for la drag race they were the ones that were hosting the runway show mm-hmm. because if you've ever been to drag race they normally have like set up a stage and they have people like host yeah. the show and they were the ones who physically hosted it so they are on such a high level platform yeah, which, I, I, I don't think they belong on the show they should have been the judges <laughs> well that was the thing i for so long thought art simone was going to be the host of drag race down under with australia whatever they want to call it 
because they groomed her in mm-hmm. such a way that she was so visible to the WoW Presents audience. Like she attended yep. every single drag con there ever has been. She has her own WoW Presents show. How is she a contestant? I literally think because of COVID, Rue was like, you know what? I have nothing else to do. I'm going to go host the show. And Art, and then they're like, well, Art, you can be a contestant and win money, maybe? I don't know. And she was, yeah, and she was probably like, you know what? It just gives me that official stamp, even though I've been working exactly. with them, but it gives me the stamp. Almost similar to like the Vivian, because the Vivian had won the RuPaul's Drag Contest, and now mm-hmm. she came back and just won the entire show with the stamp. Still think Davina should have won, but I agree. Well, before we start with this fun episode, I'll just do general thoughts about the COVID special. We're going to rewatch it and make notes. And then I was like, no, there was nothing exciting or new or special about it. All we learned was it was different. I know. You know, so I started watching it and I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to see the behind the scenes of what happened. And I was like, well, it wasn't interesting. You know what it did for me at parts where I had to stop watching? It just kind of like triggered me again, thinking of COVID and then seeing like, you know, the Black Lives Matter um, things that came up. In some ways, it just kind of like triggered me to that sadness. Um, And I was like, you know, I I could do without finish watching the rest of this. Yeah. It really, I, I was hoping we would get to see a little more of how it affected the crew and how they mm-hmm. had to deal with everything. Um, and even I wanted to see how Rue dealt with it because we only heard Rue. We didn't even mm-hmm. see Rue during it. So it it was a cool way to see a different side of the contestants. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, everyone saw very, very, very hot, sexy uh, trade Rosé and her boyfriend. And that was really cool and special to see and, and hear that story. But overall, I think this was a filler episode because they're just trying to get into a place where they can have a real in-person finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need it to buy a week. That's what you're hearing. Know, so the two good things that I learned from watching the COVID special from Drag Race. One, it was interesting to see how the queens were doing their um, one-on-one interviews. Yeah. That it was being done via like an iPad. It's crazy. At, which I was like, I can't even imagine, you know, doing that. But then again, I understand we're living in Zoom. So all our meetings are kind of like right. that. And then seeing the dynamic of how the workroom was changed and created to be longer mm-hmm. and more spaced out to like give a sense of like social distance between the cast and the crew, yeah. which were the like literally the only things for me that I found interesting and seeing the precautions they took. Yeah, that's about it. Because even watching Untucked, like some queens are wearing masks, some queens are not wearing masks when they're outside. Mm-hmm. It, that really, because you have this COVID special, it's like, I don't know what your rules are because they're not even following it on camera. So yeah, maybe this should have been a first episode thing, or maybe this should have been right before a finale, a reunion. I don't know. I think the timing was just a little suspect. And, you know, so like I was thinking, I was talking to somebody else about it and they were mentioning it should have been a first episode thing, but the COVID special, if it, if it had been the first episode thing, it, they gave away certain like spoilers, sure, sure. which I understood. But yeah, this could have been like uh, after the finale, after the winner episode, and talk about like post life after all of that. I think that could have been fit in there. Exactly. Well, let's talk about this episode because oh, snatch game. Ooh, whoa, what an episode! 
It's after the elimination, yeah. and there aren't too many do- double Shantae's, and Simone and Candy got one of them, and the fandom is still reeling from it. They are too pleased, and some are very happy, and some are not happy at all. So it's just been a crazy, crazy weekend. Maybe that's why we got our um, COVID special to give us a little buffer room. But Candy says being in the bottom two is one thing. Being told to sashay away is a gut-wrenching feeling. Her dreams were crushed, but then Rue saved her, and now there's a fire under her ass. She has to believe in herself now and fight to the end. Come on, production of interference. Yeah, sir. You know, like, so I've never, you know, I've never been a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race, but I've had uh, people such as like Honey and Yuha, and I've been able to like see their experience after their like elimination. And I could just only imagine what it feels like. And I've talked to like, you know, you and Honey about it. Like when RuPaul tells you you're up for elimination, it's one thing. And then when RuPaul tells you to Shantae. So I can imagine like how Candy may have felt when RuPaul was like, girl, you're about to go lip sync for your life. And then telling her to go Shantae away. And then being like, bitch, you ain't going, oh, I mean, I can't curse. You can curse, go for it. Oh, but she was like, bitch, you saving me. Like you play with my feelings, RuPaul. Yeah. And RuPaul did that on purpose too. Well, absolutely. Oh, oh, fully. Even that first episode, it was all psychological manipulation. We're, we're playing with these kids' minds. But yeah, it was it was really an interesting situation because if Candy went, Candy went, and I don't think it would have been a terrible thing. But nope. if she if she succeeds and it deserves to go further in the competition, good, and I'll, I'll be happy for her. But if if they saved her just because she was going to give more drama, that irks me a little bit, you know. Well, look at Vanjie. Just saying, yeah, it's uh, oh, it's true. Ooh. I mean, just like I like I said to uh, to Miss Honey Davenport, I said she should not have been eliminated. That elimination should have been Raj O'Hara, but Raj O'Hara brings the drama, so we know what happened there. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, just a side note, Raj O'Hara is amazing. Like I love her. I am sure she is. I <laughs> have she talked to her during that season. Mostly because I was so bitter about honey, and that was a me personal thing. If I ever met Raja, I'm sure I would be like, I'm sorry, thank you for your art, but also, (laughs) I know, me, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, Peanut was shocked to hear her critiques and then be in the bottom with Simone and Candy. Like, what the fuck? Um, this is the first week that all the bottoms came from the winner's circle, and Denali Mm -hmm. thought finally the streak would end, but no one went home, and that. Um, first, I was shocked that Tina was in the bottom, you know, like, I think think it was to play with her mind. I know, because Tina did so amazing last challenge. And yes, that one little part, but I was like, girl, Tina didn't deserve to be there. But I know when Denali, I know Denali felt some type of way because Denali has been safe. And she hasn't been able to get those judges critiques since like the third episode or the second episode whatever episode she won her little thing against rose so i know she was pissed but she was happy to see them being like almost defeated Mm -hmm. so it could almost knock them down to reality so i knew she was excited but then not having anybody go home she was tight about that absolutely rose finally won something she thought she'd slay off the bat but she didn't but she proved that she won something and that's a good feeling what happens next they don't know you go home is the winner circle a thing no because rose wasn't a part of it and she's going to be in the top four so bitches beware 
she says as she flares out her jacket like a dinosaur. <laughs> Remember that line if she is in Final Four. She said it here. Yay, Rose finally won a challenge. And yeah. I'm pretty sure Jan is jealous. But <laughs> oh, Jan, Jan's <laughs> probably. Challenge. Um, I'm sure the second Rose got home, she said, Jan, I love you. I won the, um, the <laughs> Rusical. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. And Jan is really talented too, but we all know how Jan felt about. Not winning the musical back then. Listen, she didn't win the challenge, but she won the battle because that meme went everywhere and gave her merch. That is so true. Yeah, but I was I was I was um excited for um Rose and Rose said she's gonna be in a top four. And I was like, girl, those are some big words to claim. So you yep. this. Um yeah, if you're not in the top four, people are gonna come back and use those words, and be like, Oh mama, are you in the top four? Not sure. but she has been stepping up, you know, and coming to the light a little bit more, which I'm like seeing the rise of Rosé. Yeah. Well, it's a new day and Candy thinks they're all happy. She's still here. She's ready to prove why she's going to make it to the end of the competition. RuPaul walks in in a Klein Epstein Parker suit that looks like the candy good and plenty. You cannot unsee it. That's exactly what it was. Um, it made me want candy so badly. Anyway, Rue reveals that the mini challenge will be auditioning for the Pantyhose, a new rock band, a punk rock band, using tights and leggings from Snag Tights. They have to get into quick punk drag and prove that they can rock out. Are you familiar with Snag Tights? So normally I never, I've, I've never heard of them before because I just get all my tights from Capizio. But yeah, I've never heard of them before. Did it make this? you want to go to their website? It totally did. Great marketing. No, not, not really. Because I was like, it didn't really look like what I wanted because they had like no. tights, but not drag tights. No, they were not good. They were they were like costume tights. Yeah. And when it said snack tights, I'm like, okay, it's meant to be ripped and like teared. And I'm like, that's not my aesthetic. No, 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 not at all. Well, Olivia, we get to see her aesthetic is looking like a Dordolano, which was um, <laughs> cool party um and then big surprise we have two hit crew members on stage playing instruments i i I have, been, I have been missing the pit crew guys since the start and i'm like mm -hmm. even if you know say for instance if i was on the show like seeing a, a sexy man who is shirtless comes in with like said my hormones through the roof. I know yeah. the girls are like super excited to see Absolutely. that. Um, I believe that was Bryce, um, our, our favorite ginger straight pit crew member who was playing the drums, but really not playing the drums because that was not how you play the drums. But no. overall, this challenge was just a montage of the queens being silly and Tina Burner shaking her ass. <laughs> Um, it was funny. Yeah. However, like, it's like <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. It was hard to watch. Was just, yeah, it was very hard to watch. Like, really, when she posted it on her um Facebook, um, I was like, because it, it was so hard to watch, but it was so funny and it was knowing hilarious. Tina, it was comedy. It was comedy gold. Yeah. Well. Tina wins the challenge uh, and 2,500 cash courtesy of Snag Tights because I don't think you can actually buy $2,500 worth of tights for that place. No. And I think 
this is Tina's like first is this Tina's first um challenge like mini challenge win I think yeah I believe so yep well the time has come finally for the snatch game as Candy reminds us you are judged for the rest of your career based on how you do on snatch game she's not wrong she is not wrong because you will either bomb or you would succeed and that's exactly what people remember you from Exactly. It is the challenge that shows who are the front runners and who will be left in the dust. So let's go through a little bit of the getting ready part. Candy mm-hmm. shows off her Patrick Star look um, as she is a makeup mogul, and that's who she is going to do. We'll discuss the actual performance later because I have a lot of feelings on it. Me too. Um, Denali is taking on gender fluid Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye Version 2. Denali says that she represents all sorts of different gender spectrums. So Cool. There's a, yeah. there's a purpose behind her mm-hmm. decision. I totally agree. Utica has a bunch of squirrels, as she will be Bob Ross. She is a dumb bitch for making an afro out of squirrels, she says. But she also says she can't wear an afro, so she'll make one. And as Simone says and reminds us, he was a white dude, but that was his hair. I would love your perspective on this. So first of all, I am going to say, you know, I do appreciate the thought process. Yes. First, where Utica did not want to come off as appropriating uh, Black culture with an Afro. Because, you know, a lot of times you see it in the media where people who are non-people of color do like braids and they get like dragged in the mud. So I appreciate her thought process doing that. However... Um, Simone said it and RuPaul said it he was a white man with an afro and the fact that she was like okay you know I'm not going to wear afro so I'm going to put together some squirrels and use it as a representation of an afro to me that was that was the part that was like a kick in the face like oh I get you don't want to wear afro but you think this would represent an afro but I, I understand, you know, the mindset of Utica, she is like an artsy person. Like, she's all about like, ooh, squiggly lines, pretty colors. So I understand she's trying to do art, but I don't feel like the squirrel was a good representation of what she was trying to do. Not at all. And what's interesting is, and we'll, I think we'll, we'll get to it, but you have another contestant doing a white male who is known for an Afro and did not wear an Afro. If you look at oh. Tina, That was not an afro. That was a wig that was styled big. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm almost very curious to know if she did have an afro with her. And because of the whole conversation surrounding Utica, she decided not to wear it. I know. You know what? I'm going to say because that wig is not Richard Simmons. That's not Richard Simmons. You know, Tina is a very smart drag queen. And I know that she also may have had the same thoughts as Utica saying, I don't want to wear an Afro on national TV to appropriate like black culture. And I felt like Tina went into it properly planned and was like, okay, I cannot wear Afro specific wig. However, I'm a drag queen. I could get access to styling big hair and I'm going to style big hair to look nice, big and full to at least represent the idea of the character I'm doing. And I think that was very smart on Tina's part. Dot Mick is going to be Paris Hilton with her little diamond baby diva bitch angel dog. She's never really done impersonations before, so we'll see how that's going to go. I was, I was so I was so scared when 
when she said she was going to be Paris Hilton, I was like, what? Like, yeah. this ain't going to be good at all. And speaking of people who are scared of if it was going to be good and all, Rosé is going to be Mary, Queen of Scots, and Candy has no idea who that is. Well, she is the queen that reclaimed Scotland and then had her head cut off because she was a little bitch to the English queen. I this had no is her idea chance. No, you're not, you're not a royal fan? Yeah, when she said that, I was like, Candy girl, I agree. You had no friggin' idea who that person was. So like, I was like, Rosé, girl, good luck for you. Yeah, well, this was her chance to show up for acting chops and pay homage to her homeland. Um, Mick decides to ask Rosé to say her name with her accent, and it's <laughs> Gold Mick. And then Denali asks, and it's basically Denali in an American Denali. accent. It was just the same thing. But Candy doesn't know who the Mary Queen Scots is, but she thinks Rosé has a funny Ireland accent. Girl. <laughs> it took the producer apparently on the iPad to say, it's Scottish. <laughs> no, but no, so Candy we, recognized that too. Because yeah. she was like, it's not an Ireland accent. Or Ireland. Yeah, we, we're, we're going to send um, Candy on a trip to the British Isles. Go visit Ireland, go visit Scotland, and you will find the difference between the two of them because they are very different. Um, but I thought this was a very funny moment and an, and an endearing moment for Candy. But do you remember when I think it was um, Wonk Wonk? Who is this again? Who says Wonk Wonk? Jocelyn Fox. Yeah. Remember Jocelyn Fox's season when she was trying to say Dark Horse, but then she yeah. ended up saying Black Horse and the producer was like, do you mean Dark Horse? Yep. This, all, this like re reminded me of that. We love moments like that. They're always so yeah. special and fun. Well, and it is the authenticity of the queens as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Rue comes in to investigate nine cases of identity theft. First is Elliot, who has a very tiny wig and a caftan, and Rue thinks it's Anne Bancroft, because why would anyone do Anne Bancroft on the Snatch Game, Rue? Come on. Um, no, no, ma'am. She is a Southern debutante with a little sexual side. She's going to be Rue McClanahan. But Rue decides to ask if she's a big Golden Girls fan, and Elliot says that she started watching it with her fiancé, who wants to watch every night Ben. As Candy says, Golden Girls is a gay no-no. Rue has watched the series 25 times. Rue is going to know if it's not Rue McClanahan, but Elliot is up for that challenge. And you would have thought, after Crystal bombed it on uh, Drag Race UK, no one would try to do Rue McClanahan again. Yeah. The minute when I saw RuPaul ask Elliot <clears throat> if she knows about it, and Elliot was like, yeah, well, my boyfriend watches it and I'm trying to start to watch it now. And then RuPaul telling her, I'm a big fan. I've seen every episode. I love her. I would be like, oh, shit. Especially if I knew that I didn't know the character that well and I was just going to try to wing it. I would right. have been like, uh-uh. I, I really would love to know what her backup choices were because there had to have been a better option. Yeah, I was like, absolutely not. And like, I've... If you're going to go on Drag Race, I'm pretty sure you've seen almost every single Snatch game. And you know, the minute RuPaul tells you, I don't think this is a good idea, no matter what, listen to it. Unless you know you can execute it to the fullest, listen to RuPaul. Exactly. Next, we have Simone walking over with her lantern, and she is going to be Harriet Tubman. <laughs> uh, she wanted to do a character that is out of the box, and Ru asks if she's worried it might be offensive, but Simone says, if it does offend, good. 
Mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman is a cultural icon, especially in the Black community, and Simone is ready to embody a powerful Black woman and have a conversation starter. Bold choice. How, how did you feel when you found out that's the character she was going to do? So, one, Simone and Harriet Tubman, um, they were Black. So I was like, okay. And, I, you know, at first I was like, we don't know what Harriet Tubman's personality was like. So it was like Simone needed to... In my head, I was like, Simone has to have some trick up her sleeve to try to portray Harriet Tubman to like make us laugh. And I was like worried for her because I was like, what in the world is she going to do? And then the fact that she she did address that, you know, it is gonna it, it potentially could be political and people may hate it or like it. But the interesting was, you know, she did say that it is going to make a statement and people will get to talking about Harriet Tubman, which I felt was very important for that. Exactly. For and and Rue reminds her not to let her reverence of Harriet Tubman get in the way of her being funny. And ultimately it didn't, but yeah, like, I, I don't know how many people have seen it, but we did just have the movie, I believe last year, uh, Harriet starring Cynthia mm-hmm. Revo, nominated for an it. Oscar for it. But she, she <laughs> portrayed Harriet Tubman as a very strong black woman yeah a serious person there was no funny in it so i i feel like simone was like you know what i'm going to take the character i'm going to take the idea i'm going to run with it and if you like it great if you don't i have a runway for you (laughs) we get to that later next utica comes over with a full head of squirrels and rue notices the blouse of someone who paints and identifies it as bob ross but rue reminds utica that bob ross does not have squirrels on his head no, he does not, Utica. Uh, Utica says she doesn't feel it's appropriate for wearing an afro. And again, Rue says that white folks have afros too. But Utica says it has to be accurate as possible. Squirrels are accurate, right? Yeah. And that's where I go back. I was like, Utica girl, what were you thinking? Well, I mean, Utica then goes into that Bob Ross is like the original ASMR. And Rue says, I think it's too intellectual. intellectual. And, and Utica just has a humor that goes... A different place and it's hard to identify that your humor in your small town is beloved but on a national level it may not be understood mm-hmm. that's the biggest issue with Utica again what were her backup choices and I feel like she probably did have some good ones um and Utica is labeled as the art queen you know Fortunately, people like Sasha Velour was able to like really utilize their arts and smarts to get sure. into the top. And I think Utica is that same type of queen where she overanalyzed the thought process and the art that goes into certain concepts, which is yeah. great. But like when you're thinking about Snatch Game that's moving so quick and so fast, you can't say, oh, I want to tell a joke, but I want it to be a smart joke. And this right. smart joke, only some people would understand, not the whole mask. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Dot Mick, the expert on Bob Ross, Listens to Bob Ross every day because it calms her down, but you don't want to be someone who's going to calm you down on Smash Game. It's not going to work. Well, next up is Tina coming over to see Rue with her signature colors. Uh, She's going to do Richard Simmons, as we discussed. She was going to do Richard Simmons or Jennifer Coolidge, but Rue doesn't remember her audition tape. So, Richard, it is. I wanted to see Jennifer, um, Tina do Jennifer because when she did her little snippet thing, I was laughing because she had the voice down and I feel like Tina Tina could have like, Tina's quick on her, like quick with a whip. So it's like she would have, oh my God, I think that she would have been so good. I've seen much better Jennifer Coolidge's. I think, 
I think I think I think Rue is saving a Jennifer Coolidge for down the line. So we will get a Jennifer Coolidge snatch game soon. It's just when that audition tape she likes comes through, that's gonna be the 14. Maybe. <clears throat> Tina considers herself a funny person and she makes herself laugh, but Rue like make me laugh. That's what I want to do. So this is gonna be a, a topic that comes up quite a lot with uh, this. Mm-hmm. Because Candy says that Tina gets in her head because back at home she's one of the top queens in New York. Get rid of that inner saboteur. That is so true. Because Tina, I've 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 seen Tina since I've started doing drag, and I used to go to her competition at um, Barracuda, and literally, like she will just crack me up. Yeah. And I can see yeah. she's she could also be a perfectionist when it comes to she manages the show, she runs the show. Mm-hmm. So she's thinking she's about all the small details. Yeah. Yeah, she's a professional. And I love that about her, but sometimes that doesn't translate well to TV. Exactly. Well, Rue has <clears throat> no idea who Olivia is. And she will be doing Tabitha Brown. I was unfamiliar with Tabitha Brown. I was. Familiar? Yeah, I was because I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok. So I've seen the vegan things that she posts like the little cooking thing segments that yeah. come up here and there so that's how i was like vaguely familiar but when um uh olivia brought it i was like she's not that famous girl she's right. might be on tiktok with a couple thousand followers but not like famous well she made her famous but yeah i was yeah. unaware mm-hmm. of her because my instagram is, is basically filled with drag queens and sexy <laughs> twinks so tabitha brown doesn't fit that mold unfortunately Go ahead. Yeah, no, Rue says that it's not a famous person. Insert rattlesnakes here. But as a vegan chef on Instagram, there Rue sees that Olivia's excited by her, but she needs her to make her Rue excited by her as well. And she's just worried that that's not gonna happen. I know. And you know what the thing is, like, Rue even said, oh, are you, how are you going to play this character? You're going to be vegan and then eating sausages on the side? Right. And when I tell you that, I was like, I was hoping Olivia was going to do that because that would have been so funny. Would have been funny. Because remember last season, Heidi was, like, writing whatever RuPaul said, Heidi took it, and yep. Heidi applied it. And we saw the reaction of that. Yeah, it was funny. Well, Rue said she did well in the improv because she had an objective to overcome and challenges her to find an objective for Tabitha. Olivia is eating her banana because she is freaking out, and apparently she is hungry. <laughs> but it is time for the snatch game. Them. Yeah, but before we go on, I would say, you know those queens don't get fed properly. So I'm pretty sure she was starving. They, I mean, they are uh, uh, probably able to go to craft services, but they're actually not allowed to go to craft services because they're filming all the fucking oh. time. Mm-hmm. You know what? Whatever. They get free food. I want free food. <laughs> well, I'm starving now. Now I'm talking about food. I'm hungry. <laughs> well, it's time for a snatch game. The first contestant is the person who likes to shoot, boot, shoot, and cause internet controversy because she may or may not be painting too dark. It's Rue's makeup artist and former contestant, Raven. Um, she's getting a lot of first, flack recently for the way she's painting. I'm just going to yeah. say it. She, the outfit was amazing, but I was like, Raven, you are a white man, a fully white man, not a brown man, not that shade that you painted in your tan color. No. no. And you know, you know what I was thinking? I was like, okay, 
she may have went out, she got tan, may have gotten sunburned. And because she's a makeup artist, she probably used makeup to try to cover it and try to like head the sunburn. And then once she did that, she needed to like fully cover everything. But I'm like, girl, you're giving me a little bit too much blackface in this. It, it, it's, it's really becoming a problem. And she is on social media basically fighting against it. Anyone who calls her out for it, she's just blocking. So I think at some point, there will need to be accountability, and I don't know who the person is who has to discuss the issue, whether it is a contestant, whether it's a former winner, whether it's RuPaul. But it is becoming a trend that she's doing, and, and that's been part of why I've never associated with Raven, because I didn't get Raven, and I'm still not getting Raven even more. Yeah, I honestly, like, you know, I've, over the years, I, I was trying to love her, and uh, trying to get on the Ooh, I love Raven Board, but I couldn't. And I must say, like, Raven shouldn't have won season two. Tyra should have won it. Full hands down. Yeah. yeah. And when all of those, like, hated things coming out and people, like, attacking Tyra, and I was like, but Raven was doing the exact same thing on social media towards Tyra, but nobody was, like, defending. So, like, you know, I don't know. It's just, she has talented makeup skills, which I'm not right. going to lie, they're amazing. But other than that, that's it for me with her. I agree. Well, our second guest is Victoria Porkchop Parker. Because why not celebrate more Porkchop after having the Porkchop Lounge? What else was she doing? All right. So let's go through the contestants of the night or the, 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 the panel of the night. First up mm -hmm. is the legendary abolitionist Harriet Tubman. Simone peeks up from under the table and notices a room full of white people and got nervous. It's funny. This is how we're going to see our Harriet. So funny. Yeah. She, she's got a fun, modern take on Harriet, and she's here for a good cause. And yet another not Ted Cruz reference. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, you know, going into it, I did when RuPaul, when the camera first panned over, I didn't see her. But then when, the way how she came up, her outfit, her makeup, yeah. I felt like right off the bat, it just, I was like, okay, Harriet Tubman, I got the character. It and it was just so funny. Yeah. Well, next is businesswoman, socialite, and DJ, Paris Hilton. Mick starts off with a regular voice and asks if they were filming yet. Ruth says yes, and she puts on the OG Paris voice. And that was hilarious. First of all, when I looked at Mick, got Mick, and I saw her face, I was like, oh my God, this is Paris Hilton. And I, I just recently watched a Paris Hilton documentary and her talking about she put in that voice. And I was like, Mick did her research yeah. from head to toe. Well, Raven is asked if it feels familiar and Raven says <laughs> that she played it safe the time that she did. And she hopes Mick doesn't do the same. To be fair, and I will give Raven a little support here. We did not know at that time that Paris Hilton had a persona like we do now. So Mick did have a lot more to work with. You know, all right. So even though Raven didn't know, right? We noticed how Got Mick played on that ditzy, you know, persona. And thinking about back to Raven doing Snatch Game, Raven was just like quiet with her phone. And she didn't say anything. But um, Got Mick was like talking and the voice, even the voice for me was like a major right. difference between Raven yeah. and um, Got Mick. Snatch from the pages of her story. It's Mary, Queen of Scots, and we have a cameo from Lawrence Cheney. Oh, my God. I said the same 
thing. Because when the queens were like, I don't understand what she's saying. I was like, girl, just watch Drag Race UK. That's yeah. the same thing they say. Right. Lawrence Chaney, I like... Obviously, that is like the thick um, uh, Scottish accent. We know it from Shrek. We heard Mike Myers do it. We heard Fat Bastard. We, we get it. it. It's the it's that's the classic Scottish accent. It was very well done. Rue asks how her head is, and Rose responds, "Lots of complaints, but I can't remember most of it." Funny, she is quick, mm-hmm. and she also did her research good on the character. Yeah, the one and only Richard Simmons, and Tina has a lot of makeup on is she wearing shorts or is that just a very long shirt i have a lot of questions about this richard simmons i feel like she did have a lot of makeup on i guess she wanted to keep it in the drag world with the makeup um and i was like it was gorgeous and then even her outfit i feel like her outfit was like a long shirt that was like tucked into a little short shorts but again because she probably still wanted to keep it drag aspecty or draggy um she tried to cover up her body a little bit more i don't know that it was just confusing but he's always in that type of suit though oh absolutely i mean it, she had the parts and saying it was richard simmons it made sense but it wasn't fully realized in my opinion it wasn't no. quite there Mm-mm. all right well next 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 we have makeup mogul patrick star and i'll say it right now Candy is playing Candy, and that's about it. That that was Candy Muse in a Patrick Star look. Literally, that was oh Candy, who's your snatch game character? Myself, right? Literally, yeah. Because like I'll say it, I did not like Silky Nutmeg Ganache's rendition of T.S. Madison because that was Silky Nutmeg Ganache. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This felt like the same exact thing. And you know the thing is like. The one, the only reference that I think Candy made to Patrick Starr that I saw was she had a makeup brush in her hand. And you know, Patrick is a makeup mogul, makeup genius. And literally for me, I was like, girl, the only thing you had was a makeup brush. Like, you couldn't even like talk about his product one size, which I think RuPaul even tried to, RuPaul tried to give Candy that pun as one size. And Candy was like, oh, I'm a one size of a girl or something. But I was like, Candy. Yeah, Girl. not not the best performance. She was very lucky that some other people sucked. Mm-hmm. Next, America's favorite vegan mom. It's Tabitha Brown, and Olivia says she's been vegan for four months, and she just cannot volley with Rue. Nothing can come back. She's not working out. It's not good. I felt, not good. So, I felt so sad for her. But next, we have from Queer Eye. It's Jonathan Van Ness, and Denali responds with, "Hi, gorgeous seashell flower monkey, honey bunches of love." And apparently, that is spot on because I don't watch Queer Eye, but. Apparently it was perfect. I don't watch Queer Eye, um, well, at least the new one version either. Mm-hmm. But I've seen um, I've seen Jonathan do like PSAs and commercials. Yeah. And he's yeah. very much like, oh my God, I'm so beautiful. Yeah. And I'm like, you nailed it, Denali. You nailed yeah. it. Um, I do want to give an amazing shout out to Denali. Um, if you haven't seen Denali's um, photo of her Queer Eye with the Fab Five, um, it's on Instagram, and she has four drag kings from Chicago as oh, the other that. four. It was so well done, and you know what? Keep on representing drag kings. We got it. We got to show them all the love. Yeah, I. You know, that's the thing I like about Denali too. Is like she puts out, um, like after the episode, she puts out such great content yeah. where it's not just just like barely just a picture, but there's often like performance or 
something that reflects, you know, just what's happened in the world and the episode, which I think is just yeah, so amazing. She's a very, 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 very smart businesswoman, whether yeah. she knows it or not. And this she reminds me of, do you remember um, season nine with Yuha? Like, yeah, yeah, season nine was with Yuha. Uh, and season 10 was Yuha. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There's someone, someone. Yeah, season 10. Because I was like, wait, what honey season was honey on? But 11. season nine with Yuha, Yuha put out content every episode. There were yeah. videos. And I'm saying this because I was there in the behind the scenes and shooting of it. And she was she's a smart businesswoman. She sure is. Yeah. And I see I kind of see that in Denali a little bit. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens with Denali afterwards. But next, TV's Golden Girl. It's Rue McClanahan. How does she say so gorgeous? The company of a gentleman. So Rue asks if she has a type. Elliot responds with men. No, the answer is alive. Your type is alive. That's the joke. Ha ha. What's your type? Alive. That's the joke from the show. Come on. But, and this is how you know she's not um, familiar with the show. Because I'm not going to lie. I, I don't watch a lot of Golden Girls. I've seen episodes. Mm-hmm. But like I wouldn't have picked up on that if I'm not like an avid watcher and I've seen every episode that I know about a character. And I think that it, it literally went over, um, over Elliot's head. Absolutely. It was unfortunate. And finally is painter and TV icon. We have a very, very deep voice, Bob Ross, who paints only things that he knows how to paint. Environment. As Mick says, I'm not falling asleep to that. Not at all. I'm not familiar with Bob Ross, but I was trying to look for the comedy aspect of it. Even the jokes were just not funny. Yeah. Um, we we for 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 the the show iconic at Icon season two. Um, our, our dear friend Zalika Parsons did her rendition of Bob Ross. You know, performance was funny. It was pretty good. This was no good. No good. No good. But let's get to the questions. <laughs> Raven, yes. Cancel culture is out of control. Winnie the Pooh got canceled for lanking in the forest. He said scatting, you know, like Ella Fitzgerald, <laughs> not poop jokes. <laughs> Paris says she was on a flight back from Ibiza and she just goes to sleep before she has to DJ. She just presses play and hopes for the best. But her answer is smelling. Okay, not bad, not bad. It was the setup that was more funny. Than- you know, yeah. The, the answer wasn't funny at all, but it was the entire setup and the way how we played with um, with Got Mick then mm-hmm. that made it funny. Even the part where she was like, oh, how do you DJ? And Got Mick was like, hey, just press play. Like those were the funny yeah, moments you got out of exactly. that. Made RuPaul go crazy. Patrick Starr is pissed because she thought the food pork chops were late and now she got no food. She said sniffing the environment, of course. Then Candy... Bites Olivia's banana without without taking the skin off. And I said that was absolutely disgusting gross. Yeah. Well, first of all, I know that tastes disgusting. Oh. Like, that was gross. But you know what it is? I, I saw Candy. And I'm just, like, you know, assuming. Candy was, like, fighting for jokes because she was, yeah. like, trying to do anything. And I felt like the banana thing was so desperate. But I think at that point, you're trying to do whatever it takes to get RuPaul to tackle because you know that's what's going to save you. And it was just a, a disturbing yeah. thing to look at. Mary Queen of Scots is next. 
She says she got canceled as well when she went to England to overtake the throne. She, her answer, she said, being a greedy bastard. Funny. It worked. It was funny. It worked. Candy thinks the accent you can barely understand, and it's hilarious. She says you might as well call it the Candy Muse accent. Well, Illusion. you know, sometimes Illusion. we don't understand. Yeah, sometimes we don't understand Candy's accent. You know who I see? I see Bob do Candy's accent a lot, and Bob does it so funny. He's like, oh, 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 well, I can't even do it. I'm not going to try. <laughs> but it's so good. Tabitha's answer was shouting, and it makes no sense. She says... <laughs> He goes on about, we have been so too loud and wants us all to be quieter. So she's been into ASMR and then Rue asks what ASMR is. And Olivia just flounders. There's a, it's a non-answer. Like, it was bad. Like, come on, girl, yeah. quicker. You could tell Olivia she doesn't know how to think on her feet in that situation. Yeah. Like, and I think, you know, it was hard watching her because I, I could see the fear in her, like, struggling where RuPaul was like, what's ASM- AMSR? Well, ASMR. And she was like, uh, 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 uh. and I yeah. literally I was just a makeup, whatever it was on the spot. Next, we have Richard Simmons. She says jogging, and we see Tina do the owl and the tigger, which were some workout moves, kind of funny, worked work with the answer. Then yeah. we get Rue McClanahan. Miss Winnie the Pooh was canceled for enjoying the company of a gentleman friend. You just answered that before, girl. Yeah. That was her entire thing, and I was like... It was one note. It was amp it up. Yeah. Do something different. Not good. Not good. Um, then Porkchop's question is, when I get super hot in Palm Springs, Ross Matthews fries his eggs on blank. The answer was Carson Presley. Funny. This was- mm-hmm. Harriet has a stamp and tells us that she was going to be on the $20 bill, so she put herself on the $100 bill. <laughs> that was classic and iconic and wonderful and smart. That was, you know, that was just like, this is the thing. I, so the thing I, I love, but I hate about Simone is when she do characters, they always have a certain reference. But here, it came in so good because it's like, not only she did her research about who Harriet Tubman is, but like what's going on in modern world that's directly related to Harriet Tubman. And when she did that $100 bill, I know people was like, yeah, put her on the 100 but she's connected to the joke, which was. Yeah, it was, so it was very smart. Fun. Um, Jonathan Van Ness has heard of this Carson character. He basically his replacement. A little bit younger, a little more subtle. Um, Jonathan says Anthony's ass cheeks. Jonathan has a type, the kind of man that says, Hold me in your arms until the pain goes away, but also power drills are on seven aisle seven, honey. Funny, very funny. They're very good. Um, then we move over to Rue McClanahan, who says Lanai. Because she loves spending company with many, 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 many men. Same one note. Elliot, as people would say, where are the jokes? And you know, I love Elliot. Like, you know, a lot of people don't, but like, mm-hmm. I've had rea- like interactions with her, and I really love Elliot. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss Elliot and the legacy a little later on, but. We're going to move on to Rue asking Harriet Tubman, who she would like to see portray her in a movie, and suggests Jennifer Lewis. And Harriet says that white people think they can do every goddamn thing. Rue says that Jennifer Lewis is not white, and Simone totally thought she meant Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lewis is coming for that ass. She's not happy with that, yeah. I'm sure. So, 
I rewatched it last night, right? And I saw why RuPaul asked, Jen, asked that question about Jennifer Lewis because literally Simone was playing Jennifer Lewis, That's playing Harriet Tubman. Tubman. And I was like, oh my God. Yep. And you know, it went right over Simone's head. But you know, but she funny? recovered. She recovered yeah. from it. Yes. When she realized that she was, she was like, oh, like that was really funny. I was like, girl. Yeah, very well done. Bob Ross was thinking about his undies and the color of those undies, and it reminded him of his favorite color. And spray paints a card green, and then sprays it in her mouth. Oh dear, is right because Bob Ross, aka Utica, is eating. I was like, Utica girl, what the hell are you doing? First of all, this this reaction makes no sense. And you did the same thing Candy did, fishing for jokes. I'm pretty sure and the pain is toxic, right? Maybe? Yes. <laughs> unless, you know, unless she probably did think about it and it was a non-toxic paint. However, that could probably not Probably a vegan be... paint. <laughs> True, but that must have been uncomfortable trying to sit oh, there. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Paris, we now learn, is the poor sister. Um, <laughs> she answers and is sticking with what she knows and says, huge pox. And... I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's just, you know, the delivery process was really good. And that's what I enjoyed. Oh, uh, yeah. And this was jumping ahead for um, Raven's Michelle. question, which was last name, Michelle, besides she'd done her vegan diet, she missed the taste of blank. Raven says pork chops, but blah, blah, blah. Um, then we have Rue proclaiming they have a scene panel of guests and pork chop, like Key Lawrence. Um, but that's actually Richard Simmons and Tina is doing the fake leg thing, the same thing we saw horror do with her um character on her snatch game so we have a leg thing happening in two shows back to back but However, yeah, they filmed it separately so they probably it's true know. it is true tabitha yeah. brown misses um and michelle misses barbecue ribs then gives us recipe for vegan ribs and the punchline is throwing it into trash it wasn't funny it didn't work the idea of the joke was the delivery was yeah. not yeah, because, you know, I get where you're trying to be vegan and cooking the vegan stuff, and then you're just like, you know what? Frick this and order it. It's just she didn't set it up properly. To and, give like, the she, she did take Ruth's advice to an extent, but not fully. Yeah. Mary Queen Scott says she missed anything that isn't this shit vegan apple this bitch down here gave me for fuck's sake. I guess Olivia's apples were bad. That Funny. is true, but... Rose is quick on her feet because she hosts the show, so she knows how to be very quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure she was like, "Let me take one of her apples to like just take a dig at Olivia, or Olivia's bad yeah. character." But that was really smart of her. Well, she is utilizing her BFA. Oh my god, that that meme that 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 tweet went around very fast, very very fast. I saw it, and I was like, I saw the original. I, I think it was the original, and I was like, whoa. But then this Rose, I don't know her that well, but that was a smart move. Yep. And being that yep. there's like a donation thing that's tied with it as well. Exactly. Very, very, very smart. Back to Bob, who was painting his face because he ran out of car- like cards. Um, he wrote Happy Little Pork Chop, though, and then calls Victoria Pork Chop Parker fat. I was gagging because I was like, did you really just like fat shame someone on national TV on RuPaul's Drag Race in this? I was I was like, 
Oh, wow. So, okay, okay. okay Especially coming from a very, 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 very skinny young man. Yeah, I was like, and then even then when they pan over to to Porkchop's face, Porkchop was like, it was it was so cringeworthy. Like yeah. it was very cringy. Well, time is up, and the winner is Victoria Porkchop Parker, who gets a bouquet of flowers because she's just iconic. Yeah. You know, honestly, so Victoria is the winner of the Drag Race U.S. franchise because she's been in more Drag Race episodes than I think almost any other queen. She's been mentioned so many times. She's an icon. Mm -hmm. Overall, what did you think of the Snatch Game? Good, bad, high, low? So I, you know, with the Snatch Game, there's always people who bomb, but I enjoyed it certain characters such as like Got Make with Paris, um, um, Rosé with Queen of Scotland, and I think, and um, Simone. So, you know, and I would try to look at that as a positive, and it was just, I tried to look at it as a positive like that, but I enjoyed it. It, it, it was what it is. It's not. It, it, I feel like it was a very middle of the pack. Not the best, not yeah. the worst. It was there. Yeah. If you were to be on the RuPaul's Drag Race television program, who would you do for Snatch Game? Oh, my God. You should have given that question in advance. Um, <laughs> I think I would have probably done Oprah, Win- Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. That, okay, would have been, right. that would have been one of my choices. Or I would have done Miss Cleo. And the reason why I'm saying Miss Cleo is because I have a heavy Jamaican accent. Mm-hmm. And I have I would have done it better than Priyanka. Oh, absolutely. But I no, but the thing is, Priyanka did uh I learned a lot from Priyanka because she did a good thing. There were certain jokes that she did when me and my Caribbean friends were watching it, we were dying. Mm-hmm. And when the judges were like, Oh, we don't that don't make sense, we don't get it. I was like, I totally got it. So I was like, I knew if I ever got on, you know, when the time is right and I auditioned. Um, and I got on to use that character. I would need to make sure those jokes are still relatable, but funny. Um, call yeah. me now. <laughs> call me now. We can't right, see a well, future. Elliot has made it through Snatch Game, and now it's over. Olivia says that Snatch Game was going to be her biggest obstacle, but she felt very good and very proud of what she did. As Rosé says, some of these girls are very confident, but a bit delusional. And Olivia was living in the delusion city. Well, she sure was. Yuka thinks her jokes were funny, but maybe not to RuPaul. Girl, that's the most important part of Snatch Game. The jokes gotta be there for Ru. We don't need to make anybody else laugh other than RuPaul. Nope. Now oh, we're gonna I have say... a... Yeah, go for it. Look, now, I was gonna say, going back to like how I felt about Snatch Game, this is one of the very few Snatch Game that I've seen where other people's joke crack other people up. Because I yes. think, who, who was it that said something Mick, and Mick had was the laughing. Panel. Huh? Mick laughed at um I think Denali's joke. Yeah. Oh Denali. Denali had yeah. people cracking up like where yeah. everyone was cracking up. And I was like, this is how you know it was good. Yeah. Well we're gonna talk a little bit of a drama scene on in the backstage of the mirrors. Denali asks Utica who might be in trouble and she says Olivia because it was an unknown character. And Olivia finds it out because she, after a snatch game, spoke to Utica when no cameras were around and said she did great. 
Olivia here overhears her name, and Utica says she expressed she might be in trouble, and Olivia says that's not what was said earlier. We're gonna save the rest mm-hmm. of that for untucked because we've got to have some content for fucking untucked these days. Yeah, Tina isn't surprised that Olivia is confronting Utica because about time that little devil diva turtle took its head out of its shell and snapped back. Utica says the banana saves her, but Olivia says it was for humor. But if you're comparing everyone together, Utica says that Olivia did a bad job. Not wrong. Yeah. Elliot asks if anyone's parents saw them do drag. Simone says that her mom did and was like, who the hell was that? Because she was a shy kid. Elliot said that her grandpa came with his walker to amateur shows. And it was family time, but make it hoe. And she felt very, very proud that her grandfather got to see her perform. Rosé says she did a guest spot at home in Houston, and she saw her dad with tears in his eyes when she was singing. And that's that's a powerful moment. Then we have Denali, who says her parents never seen her do drag because they pretend it doesn't exist. She thinks they'll come around one day, and her mom thinks it's just a bedroom thing, like a little kink, and doesn't respect it as an art form. They just don't understand how rare it is being on the show. For her, it's just like figure skating, it's a sport, but just not a contact sport. You know, and when Denali said that, I like completely related to her because, you know, my family hasn't really seen me done drag. It wasn't up, up until maybe the end of 2019 going into the pandemic where I was, I was actually doing a lot more shows where I had to like just physically just like leave my house in full face. Um, and often I didn't do that, but I, I felt it was, that's something that could trigger something and then trigger emotions and for Denali to share that and even go through those emotions, I could just only imagine how she felt. Absolutely. And then with the other and then seeing the other girls having so much support with like Elliot having her granddad come, like you know, that could have put Denali in like a certain type of headspace as well. Absolutely. And Candy says that if you don't have blood family to support you, your chosen family is that for you. Denali said that her chosen family in Chicago helped her get ready for this opportunity. So mm-hmm. Her? Yeah, which all right. That's good. Yeah. Runway time. Rue walks out in a basic ass dress with fabric you can find from any fabric store. It was terrible. Boot. Wait, so you think wearing wait, what was Rue wearing? Was Rue wearing it was like that blue dress? and pink like dress? It was two fabrics and it, it looked so cheap. I was under impressed. Oh my god. So I do not remember what RuPaul was wearing. Exactly, because sure it was just... terrible. It's terrible. You don't even need to remember it. I just told you it's terrible. Yeah, I'm thinking about the dress she was wearing on um, UK. UK. So if you notice, well, this could be me. RuPaul's dresses on UK's drag race is so much better than yeah. the US episode. That, this is why, like, literally I'm thinking about that dress. Because I'm like, RuPaul, just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The US season. But yeah, that just was ugly. It was was ugly. Okay, we got Michelle Visage, Carson Kressley, and returning once again is T.S. Madison. Category is Fascinating Fascinators. In honor of the runway, we will be playing Fascinating or Fascinating. No, like not. That's a pun. Okay. God, I'm dumb. All right. (laughs) I love it. Let's start with Olivia Lux. Look by Abraham Levy, hair by Hats by Carlos. Well, she looks like a supervillain in an outfit that is very not cohesive. My least favorite look of hers all season long. 
Um, I think mm-hmm. the Fascinator is really cool, designed well, but there's just nothing happening below the neck. You've got a basic white lab coat. I understand the material is like good, but it's boring. There's the blue latex gloves and pleasers. I just need something shiny or fun or something exciting besides the Fascinator. This just, it didn't do it for me. Yeah, like literally this was, I have to say first, it was a well-constructed outfit. Absolutely. You know, super well-constructed. But I felt Olivia played it very safe. It was like, hey, put something on your head. And she was like, right. oh, and call it a exactly. day. Like I wanted it, I wish that the headpiece tied more into either the silver boots or gloves that made it come down her face, like trying to the outfit. Um, so besides from it being a well-constructed outfit, and we haven't really seen Olivia in anything like this. It, for me, it was a fascinating, no, fascinating, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Well, Michelle, like the look, was different than anything she's done, and it shows versatility. Michelle says that she is a big fan of Tabitha Brown, and that there is more to her aside from bananas and apples. Tia says that you know when you chose a character with a big personality, you have to embody it. And Carson with says we got the look, but not Tabitha Brown. I'm agreeing with you. I will give it a fascinating. The audience mm-hmm. was 53% fascinating, 47% fascinating. So kind of split in the middle, more in favor than not. But let's be real. Mm-hmm. Most of my followers are New York based and they love Olivia. So a little bit of a Yeah. Fun. But I must say, you know, one thing going back to the Snatch Game a little bit, Olivia did kind of look and give me the vibe of Tabitha, but I just yeah. wish she gave the, the personality, which I could Absolutely. agree with the judges. Next up is Rosé, Dress and Gloves by Casey Slater. Base piece of the Fascinator was gifted by Nikki Dahl and rebuilt by Keija Carr, hair by Chelsea Piers. We love our New York family. Yeah. This is very elegant. It's very sophisticated. It's very classic. It's very Rosé. I think it's missing a little bit of pizzazz, but it's all about that stunning Fascinator. It is gorgeous. And her makeup is beautiful. And I really just love how that hair just falls and leads you right to that open shoulder. I really, really love this. Just want to point out, if you look on the Instagram, it, I believe that Lala Ree was going to be doing a much weaker version of a rose look, mm-hmm. but it was very good to, she wasn't there because that would have been bad for her. Yeah. I saw Lala reposted that and I was like, girl, thank God you got, you didn't get to do that look because you would have got red for it. Um, by the fans, because, you know, the fans could be toxic. But, you know, I thought from um, from Rosé, that was a really good look. Like, it fit her well. And this time, this is one of the first times you could just see the nice, just a shape on Rosé's body. Yeah. And the Fascinator hat was good. The one thing I would say that I probably would have done is, and this would have took a lot of time, but I would have probably, like, stone it like put red stone yeah, so it could shine on stage. Was missing. yeah it needed a yeah, little it more. was missing the shine on stage like in an outfit like this yes it could be nicely done but you need to see those sparkles and the sparkle just added to another level but it, it was good that's a yes i agree carson will take rose all day michelle struggles with her choices because she loves frilly ruffly moments and she usually loses something but with the one shoulder it was very flattering and the ruffles don't get in the way P.S. is a big fan of the whole Tudor dynasty, so she was living for her Mary Queen of Scots and almost died as she was bouncing the head jokes off of Rue because Rue could give a real mean head joke. Carson <laughs> loved that she brought her into contemporary life. 
I will give this a fascinating because I really did enjoy it. The audience was 69% fascinating, 31% fast and nodding. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. It was a good Interesting. Look. Next, we have Utica, Bodysuit and Garters by Rachel and Dombey, and Details by Trevor Beatty. She's a technic. It's so Utica, it's silly and goofy. I also would like to point out, and if I'm wrong, please let me know, but I believe this is the third time this hair or something similar to it has been worn by Utica. Not a bad thing, just a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think the puffy sleeve looked like pizza, but I don't think it was supposed to be pizza. Just the way it was like Wait, the was swirls. It? No, it wasn't, but it looked like pizza because the swirls made it look like, like pepperoni. I don't know. I but thought it the I ants and the leg were fun. That was a brilliant touch. Yeah. So the, you know, honestly, the only thing that I liked about this outfit was the ants coming up the leg and the idea of it being like a picnic theme and ants are always, always there. Yeah. That was the only thing I liked about it. But other than that, it was a fascinat for me. Oh, oh, interesting. Well, Michelle thinks the look is very cute, but when it came to Snatch Games, she didn't make her laugh. TS wants to go eat, go outside and eat. Carson says Bob Ross is known for his Mr. Roger Susie voice, and he wasn't getting that. I'm giving it fascinating. I enjoyed it. The audience agreed with me. 77% fascinating, 23% mm. fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. It, to me, it was the cute thing. The only thing about it, yeah, it was a picnic theme, but it was just a leotard with a sleeve and the garters and then yeah. the headpiece. It was, yeah, it was, mm -mm. All right, that's fair. Next up, we have Simone, dressed by Howie B, fascinated by Marco Monroe. This, 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 this I'm going to say it. This is the moment we can officially declare Simone the winner. Got it. Um, this was a statement. It was absolute perfection. At first glance, sure, a very white look with a statement fascinator, but the reveal, the reveal, I, I, I don't know what to say. It was beautiful and heartbreaking and poignant and what we needed in this moment drag is art drag is political simone did this on an international stage this is important if young people aren't watching and feeling something inside then they need to do some soul searching this will be remembered for years to come i loved it i loved it i loved it like you know when she first came out when she first came out, period, like, I was like, wow, I, I love the shape on it. I love the shape on the dress. And I, you know, right. I saw it. She got to the end of the runway and she turned around and I was like, oh, my God. And even in the confessional part of Aspect where she was talking about it, she started saying their names. And now she said that she like listed their names. So now this is like, you know, a part of like drag race history forever as Simone doing this concept. And even bringing light to a situation that, you know, there may have been some people who are like, oh, who is Breonna Taylor? Like, what happened? And if you're like, oh, what happened? You know, you probably have been living on the rock. Absolutely. But now it gets people talking about it again to be like, let me go see who she is. Let me go find out what happened, you know? So that was really good. And, and it's really interesting. Honey and I were discussing because we talked about the Black Lives Matter um, discussion that they had at the mirror for that episode. And we were like, well, we hope, we hope that the discussion continues. Simone made sure this discussion continues. Yeah. And, and that's a trend I, that she's been doing throughout the entire season. Exactly. 
this this was this was an incredibly important moment for the season. It was an incredibly important moment for Simone's career. It is an incredibly important moment for the show. I really, really hope everyone was watching and paying attention. Absolutely. This is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I love it. Fascinating. I am love so it. proud to say for the first time in Block Talk history, 100% fascinating. Yes. Never had it before. We finally got it. And you know what? It, it took this long for this look to be it. Fine. I'll take it. Good job, Simone. Can't wait to see you wear that crown. Next up, Got Mick. Um, fascinator by Marco Marco. Outfit by Nat Getty. Hair by Preston Wada. It's punk, and we love classic Mick clown white face paint. Um, I think it looks cool with the safety pin and the blood bag that's supposed to be dripping, but looks like wall sack. Um, <laughs> what's missing for me is purpose in a story. I don't know yeah. what I'm supposed to take from this. If this 100% is who Mick is, I don't know who they are now because I, I, I think there's excellent in execution. It's just not my favorite because I don't get it. You know, that's how I felt about watching the runway. However, I think this, this for Mick was, may, have, may have been one of the first or may a second time she's presented herself with her color makeup. Yeah. I don't want to say call it white face, but with her white makeup. But the clown white. Yeah, with a clown white, which is like a signature thing for her. And I, again, from what I could, can see on her Instagram, she's very like artsy in this type of like grunge, punk right. rock aesthetic. And this was like the first time, I guess, we've seen her on the stage, the main stage for the runway challenge like this. Because other than that, she's always been like a nice cookie cutter outfit. And this is more so grunge, punk rock. So that's a statement. But other than that, I was like, it's good. You have a fascinating. Yeah, I mean, look, it looks it looks good. Everything there was nothing bad about it. It's just yeah. I like when there's a perspective and the story behind it. I didn't find the story. That being Michelle yeah. said, Rue says that she turns it on the runway every single time. Michelle is obsessed with the punk look because the 70s, 80s London punk scene got her into music. Carson says she had the lazy valley girl and she did her homework on Paris, and all she had to do was answer the questions. Bruce says that she's done Paris's makeup before and asks if she'll be happy with the impersonation. Scott Mick says that she played it like a little party, but also gave her the CEO twist and still wants to paint her face, so don't be mad. Um, the look, I will give fascinating because I think it is a good look overall. Again, just want a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing, am I frozen on that? So one thing I did like about um, what I realized was the reason why Gottmik was able to look so much like Paris is because Gottmik is a super talented makeup artist and Gottmik has gotten the chance to paint right. um, Paris Hilton. So she got to shape and cut and know exactly. So I was like, in a way, I was like, you know, Gottmik, you kind of cheated, but use everything to your advantage. Use your and resources. That's what she did. That's yeah. what she did. So what are you giving it? Fascinating, fascinating. Oh, fascinating, fascinating. Audience was 95% fascinating, 5% fascinating. Yeah. Next up is Denali. Look and Fascinator by Grace Duvall. Nails by Boy Nails. Skates by Edie and Skates. Hair by Wigs and Grace. I love this. It's kitschy, it's cute, and it's something different from Denali. Sure, it's mm -hmm. meant to be a costume, but the accessories and the coffee pot into Cup Fascinator, one of the best of the night. 
And she's wearing rollerblades. At least she didn't knock a glass, um, one of the light bulbs out like Robbie Turner did. <laughs> um, but this was, I think, very endearing, very genuine. And I can see who Denali is from this look. She, this is who she is. Yeah. And, you know, so first looking at it, I was like, it looks simple, to be honest, yeah. at first. But then as I got into the details with the, the fascinator hat and the fact that she was doing all of this on the main stage on roller skates, I think to me that elevated an entire look. Yeah. Um, and I agree with what Michelle said. It looked like it was just a costume, um, but the accessories and the details, which we've learned play such a major part, um, elevated it. Yeah. I mean, Michelle calls it costume, by, but the way she presented it was fun and that it was cute. T.S. wants a burger right now. Carson knows about <laughs> queer eyes and thinks she was spectacular and embodied the person and JVN was inside her. <laughs> I got that. I was died. I will give this look a fascinating. I loved it. Yeah, I'd say it's fascinating. The details are on point and it was just cleanly executed. Yeah. Audience, 80% fascinating, 20% fascinating. Next up is Elliot. Look and Fascinator by Calvi Marquez. Jewels by Tiffany Bonet, nails by Danica Vega. Like, what? If we're going for a flamingo look, we only want to see the pink and have the neutral nude almost disappear. The fact that there is excessive fabric in the nude and the arm ruined the illusion. The makeup was terrible. It's so minimal. The hair with the blonde into pink, why? Again, how is this part of the story? The fascinator in question here is a basic ass feather piece. It's boring. It's unimaginative. I think if this runway happened anytime sooner, she would have gone home. For me, this was an absolute disaster. You know, looking at the outfit, I I felt like it was something that she's done already, like in that type of bodysuit. Um, the thing I do, so I do like the pink part of the bodysuit. And I felt like if she was going for flamingo, like why haven't all that floppy extra fabric? Like right, right. why not make it a nude like just a nude leg going down right and like you know um, what if you're gonna do do a flamingo make your arm the flamingo like make the, a sleeve with the, the the face yeah so you could even like put it up and yeah. when it came to the makeup i didn't think the makeup was that terrible like i could see like i understood it i didn't think it was that bad um but the hair and the fascinator piece like me my jag aesthetic when i do feathers I do feathers. Right, right. You, you, you come from the Caribbean scene. You, you, you do the feathers. Yeah. And I was like, girl, girl. Did, yeah. Was this one of those looks at the end that you were like, you know, you only have like $100 left yeah. to like spend on it? And I didn't get the hair concept either. So I was like, uh-uh. But I do love the, if you just, if you're looking at just like the pink part that was supposed to be about the flamingo in the bodysuit, I enjoy that, that part yeah. alone. Michelle couldn't tell if she liked the outfit or not, but then as she got into it more, she realized it was a flamingo. T.S. says everyone loves Rue McClanahan, but she didn't exude the Southern Belle. Carson says that doing an icon is a tricky choice, but there wasn't enough Rue McClanahan there. This look for me, hands down, fascinating. Fascinating. There's the audience hated it as well. Um, 7% fascinating, 93% fascinating. Yeah, it was, you know what? It was the feathers for me. It was the lack of feathers for me. Yeah. Next up, we got Tina Burner. Look by Florence DeLay. Bag by Candy Trip. Jewels by Jens by Genesis. Hair by Hats by Carlos. She woke up with a horse in her bed and put it on her head. 
Um, it's campy. There is an intention to detail with the blue ribbon handbag. I just don't know if I love the fit of it. Like it's a skirt suit and makes her look a bit boxier than she should. It's not the best shape on her. And if she's supposed to be the horse, there's like no tail. The head just jostled around without purpose. Mm-hmm. I Something was off about it. We love Florence to leave. Something was wrong here. So, you know, one of the things I did appreciate about this outfit that it wasn't a a ketchup and mustard outfit. Right. Um, um, And that's been that's been like a consecutive thing with her with Tina. Like her outfits, I get the concept, but it just looks off. Yeah. And from what I see on social media, I don't know if the you know the queens may come and read me. But I know that between that time, Florence has been dealing with other personal health issues where he, or I don't want to say he, but they designed a lot of the concepts mm-hmm. and somebody else executed it. And I think because of that, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know what capacity the other person may have executed it or how many outfits, but I think because of that, it left Tina in a place where a lot of her fits are off because I've seen the work that Florence has done before. And they fit a lot better. And you know, the other thing about it too is maybe they did it and then Tina lost weight or something, but something does look off about it. And I didn't get if she was supposed to be the horse or riding the horse or the jockey or the ribbons, but it looks clean. Like it just looks clean, I guess. Yeah. I sadly will give it a fast nodding, not the best. Yeah, I agree. Fascinating. Audience, 17% fascinating, 83% fascinating. And finally, we will end with Candy News, Dress and Fascinator by Pyretta Victory. I instantly knew who designed this, and that's kind of becoming a cool thing to know that we can be proud of them for getting this recognition that you know a Pyretta look a mile away. I think the dress is fantastic and fun. And while Candy is a big girl, it doesn't make her feel big. It's fitted in a way that makes her still feel fresh in her. Um, I am going to give her a pass and say travel ruined the fascinator. But it was just very hard to read on the runway no matter what. Obviously, it says Muse, but there is just so much noise behind her that it got lost. Mm Mm-hmm. Concept excellent, execution. Let's blame the suitcase. Yeah, like I agree with you. The outfit, um, shout out to I think Pareto's, um design name is Black and White Stripes. Um, shout out to them for creating this outfit. It looked it looked good on her, but yes, when it did come to the fascinator, it was hard to read. And you know that part, I'm not gonna blame on the travel because even from a far away, because it's so tiny and skinny. Sure. It. It, it just makes it hard to read, but I do see aspect of it being either packed away in like a vacuum seal, seal bag, how it would have been like messed up. But again, it was just hard to read from so far away on stage. And I've, there's a there's a fashion reference to this. I don't remember who who was the original designer of this concept, but there was an original design of that particular concept, which I think it was Lady Gaga that wore it. Forgot exactly who the designer was, but I saw it um and i could see how doing that style could be cute but how limiting it does it does for you if you're not on like a 
playing background. Exactly. Yep. There you have it. I will give it a fascinating because I do appreciate what the look was. Yeah. Fascinating to, you know what? No. A fascinating because right. of the headpiece. And this was about the fascinator. And a fascinator right. is where I didn't, I, 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 it's similar to, um, what her name, similar to Elliot, it was the same thing. Like, it wasn't enough. If you're going to use something in a feather concept, you need more. Make it big, make it bold. Yeah. Well, audience was very split on this as well 55% fascinating, 45% fascinating. Tina, oh. Candy, Simone are safe. Before Bottoms, you move on, yeah. Did you see the photo I posted about um, what, I, what I would have worn for this challenge? It was um, on my Facebook. Um, maybe. So if you get a chance, it was feathers. Like when I say feathers, feathers to the gods. If anybody go and look and see it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally that's what I, I know the, the viewers probably can't see it, but if you can go on my Facebook page or I don't know if you probably share it. I would have definitely gone with feathers as well. And I told you, I probably would have blown out candy and Elliot yeah. with yeah. my feather. But yeah. It's, it's true. Rue thanks Simone for bringing such a powerful message down the runway and the judges and queens clap. And I think that's probably like one of the first times we've seen that happen on the main stage for before a judging, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, this leaves Olivia, Rosé, Denali, Utica, Elliot, and Mick as the tops and bottoms. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah. Uh-oh. I can't see your face. Where'd you go? Oh, no. You're backwards. You saw my messy, there we go. Um, things. Yeah, I, I do agree. Um, the girls that went to the Untuck Lounge, they, yeah, they were, like, on their Snatch Game, they were good, and some of their fashions weren't that good, Tina. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I, agree. I, I think this was the right decision. And it is decision time for RuPaul. Mick is the winner of the week, winning a cash prize of $5,000. Denali is safe. Jose is safe. Olivia is safe. That leaves Elliot and Utica as the bottom two. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I think there should have been a bottom three. And okay. Olivia should have been in, in that bottom three. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because Olivia, she did horrible. And wait, who was the other person? Elliot? Yeah. Yeah, bottom three. Yeah, okay. All right, Olivia. interesting. But let's discuss something. Girls in the back wanted Olivia to be safe and clapped for it. Like, what is that? Do they really not want Utica or Elliot to be there? Well, when it comes to Elliot, you know, the girls have not been feeling Elliot. Um, even from the beginning, um, they haven't been feeling her. So, and, and this came up where Elliot wasn't making a lot of connections with the girls. Right. And then when it came to Utica, yes, they've bonded with Utica, but this is probably something we get into Untuck with is you, they, apparently Utica's personality is different off camera. Right. So I'm assuming that's why the girls were like, you know, it's either one of them could go. Right. And most of the girls like, that were, were clapping and hoping were from the winner's circle. So they already had this connection with Olivia. So I understand yeah. it in that sense, but. The song for the lip sync is Fascinated by Company B. 
Now, song title alone, this is a very perfect for the runway. It worked. It was very funny. I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with the song. I have never heard it before. I never heard it before either. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's going to be a song that everyone's going to be dancing to soon. Mm-mm. It was fine. Elliot had no emotion in her face while Utica was camping and gave you a fun performance. I kind of feel like Elliot was checked out because she was so boring compared to her previous lip syncs. So I'm not really sure what was going on. And then in the confessional, you heard her say that Utica was using the entire stage. Well, bitch, do the same. Knock her out of focus. This is your chance to save yourself. I don't think she had a fight left in her. Yeah, so you know what it is? Elliot is a dancer, right? And I think the minute this song came on, at first, well, again, she probably knew the song, but I, I felt like, she already was defeated, not probably only, not only from the stress of the competition, but like knowing that her strength, what could have saved her was by dancing. Yeah. And during this, she could not use that skill of the dancing. To the, it was to a the different capacity. kind of song. Yeah. And I think even watching the lip sync, I was like, there wasn't much she couldn't do because she, she, she couldn't do her split. She couldn't do her high kicks because that would just not play it in right. So because of that, she kind of like gave up and then even seeing what um, Utica was doing, which she mentioned using the stage. I think that's where she also gave up as well. Yeah, absolutely. I will say that this was one of my least favorite lip syncs in show history. Um, Mm -hmm. It just didn't do anything for me as much as I adore Utica. If Rue had said both of them go home, I wouldn't have been shocked. Really? Yeah. I did not like this. From so for me the lip sync, you know what it is. Utica is always claiming to be the quirky person, and she's always coming down the main stage quirky. Where sometimes you're like, no girl, just do give me a couture runway walk. Right. But I felt like this lip sync for her was the perfect time for her to show her quirky character. Yes. And I think that's what made it enjoyable to watch. But this is one of those lip syncs that, for me, it would be unmemorable. Yeah, and that's about it. It'd be unmemorable. Utica stays. Elliot finally leaves. Um, I, I, I did think she stayed a little longer than maybe she should have, but... I disagree. All right. That, then that, yeah. That's okay to disagree. She, she just didn't click for me. And, and we'll, we'll discuss at the end uh, a little bit more about her, but let's get yeah. into Untucked. The bottom three from last week are all safe this week, and they are feeling so good. Candy says... She did snatch game well, and I am really unsure of that being true. But Wait, repeat that part? Sorry. Candy, Candy said, said she did snatch game well. Yeah. Delusion City? Candy was living in the same delusion city that um, Olivia that, was. Yeah, because I was like, girl, you, you, know, you know what it is? Candy was playing Candy, and Candy did well playing Candy. Exactly. There you go. Tina yep. is happy to be safe in Snatch Game, but not you, Miss Comedy Queen. Hmm, we're going to switch back to that very shortly. I know. Candy knew going into Snatch Game that she was going to do the best she could. Simone is disappointed because she thought she was going to be in the top. Tina thought so, too, but what's most important is the message she put on stage, and that's the win. And as we discussed already, we agree. Simone's runway was a win. Mm -hmm. Tina comments about how 
you when you look at her, you laugh and how she has a comedy crown on her head. But what she's saying and what she does in comedy for New York in front of people is different than being a character and trying to land those jokes. Ma'am, that's what we call acting. So saying, but it must be very hard to be Miss Comedy Queen and bomb the way she did and not because for for Miss Comedy Queen, it's either win or bomb, you know? So I don't know how she was okay with being safe. You know what it was? So I've been a little bit shocked with Tina as well because again, I know that she does have that Comedy Queen title and I was expecting a lot more from her. But I think it was just... When you're in the drag race world, and again, I haven't been there, but I've been close to people who have talked about it and talked about the experience. It puts you in a different mindset where you start to overthink things. And I think, you know, because Tina was overthinking it and overthinking it in such a short amount of time to deliver it, she wasn't able to get all her ideas and proper comedy thoughts in. Because, you know, when you're going for something like Miss Comedy Queen, I think you have lots of time to prep. Because this, you don't really. And then sometimes things that may translate on stage will not translate the same on camera. Absolutely. And, you know, Tina, I think Tina understands, and I've seen this in other episodes when she's been safe, like she understands that being safe is not a bad thing. Yes, it's not always the best thing, but being safe guarantees you another opportunity to continue showing your legacy and to show your drag. And I think that's how Tina is looking at it, why she's not upset. Plus, she's also older. So she had that little more, like, she's a little bit more mature, unlike the other girls, maybe like Denali and from Rosé from past on talks, where they just get upset, like, oh, I'm not in the top. I'm not, yeah. I'm like, girl, I'd much rather be safe than on that stage if I know, if I just wanted to be able to continue showing my drive. Absolutely. Candy thinks the top is Denali making Rosé. She thinks Rosé's character was outrageous and you couldn't understand what she was saying and made a dead queen funny. Tina thinks Denali had the impersonation down, but you have to consider the looks and the runway as well. Mm-hmm. Annie knows Utica, Olivia, and Elliot, the bottoms. Simone definitely thinks Olivia is in the bottom. They talk about how nothing came together and nothing landed with Utica's Bob Ross. Simone thinks her silliness is a defense for her and that she's hiding behind it, which is kind of what we're going to lead into. Mm-hmm. Um, Candy mentions how when they were painting, Denali and Utica were talking about snatching characters, and Utica said she thinks Olivia could be at the bottom, but the gag is that Utica told Olivia she was good in Snatch Game. So Candy loves to stir that pot, and she is spilling the tea, sis. Simone told y'all that Olivia was going to snap on that ass, and she did. So, the bottoms, and Denali, and Pops, Kate in. This discussion is back to the tops and bottoms. Olivia says they loved her look, but the Snatch Game Tabitha moment, she stumbled, spiraled, and missed the mark. If she has to lip sync, she is fighting for the experience to be there and to learn and grow from them. It makes her realize how much she appreciates the group, and she starts getting emotional, and it's not something we have seen from Olivia at this point yet. Elliot says that they liked her look, but she wasn't Southern enough. Maybe I'm getting it wrong, but that's not what they said. But if that's how you want to interpret it, girl, okay, sure. 
Um, why did she interpret it that way? You know what it is? So I think she interpreted, like Elliot interpreted that way because Michelle said, oh, I get what your look is and I understand it now. So I get it. And I think because Michelle said she gets it and I didn't really hear like a negative, negative. I don't remember. I don't remember the negative critiques that Grover said on stage, really. But it was, it was all Michelle, about the character. And, yeah, it was all. They focus a lot about the snatch game character, and then Michelle said, "Oh, I get your look. I understand it now. I get your reference." I think that in itself gave um, Elliot the "Oh, they totally understand what my look is, and they loved it." But I was like, yeah. oh, "No, the girl, they just know what it was." Rose said that they think they wanted it to be stronger because it was such an iconic character, not necessarily be more southern. Um, Utica starts to sing her critiques by singing that they like the way she looked. They think she looked so great. She made some choices, but they weren't the right choices. She was having a great time, but it didn't land, and she knows she's in the bottom. Scott Mick was the only one who really received the tens across the board, as Denali says. And now we're back for the drama time. Candy asks Olivia how she feels after she was a little heated. Olivia says it was discouraging to hear to her to have her name brought up without her knowledge. Utica says her she expressed her opinion to Nolly, but that's not what Olivia is trying to say. The thing she said to Denali was not said to her after Snatch Game. Apparently, it needs an interpreter to tell uh, Utica what she's saying. So Tina has to go and say, why did you say one thing to my face and another behind my back? Utica didn't mean to cause a riff and is frightened about conflict. I don't like conflict either, but sometimes you just have to fight the bullet and be like, okay, let's have the discussion. Utica was not that. Utica was not here to play that game. Yeah, she wasn't at all. I, I, you know what? I could see how Utica comes from a small town, so she probably won't. She, she probably didn't have to deal with the big personalities that yeah. come from like New York City, especially. Um, so I could I could understand that. However, when I don't know if you, you're probably going to get into this, but when Tina mentioned that Utica acts a certain way when the cameras are off versus the cameras are on, I'm like, you're playing a little mind game. Yeah. So Olivia says that something that has been brought up is she is a certain way on camera and another way off camera. Rose follows up with Utica having a shady little moment within her that is let out when the cameras aren't there or when it doesn't count. She goes on to say that what got her was when they were having dinner and Utica decided to open up her binder and list out the ideas that she had but didn't use for the reading challenge. And it made them feel like they were just shading. Yeah. Utica does say she's sorry. And you can tell that she is like a frightened little puppy, like not sure how to handle it. She just wants to be in everyone's good graces, and sometimes she just lets out those zingers because he found her opportunity to do so. She believes she's trying hard to mess with the other girls, but she's taking more risks off camera so she can test the waters, but they're just finding it to be shady. You know, I think it is off camera, Utica becomes more comfortable because I think she comes, I'm, I could be wrong. She probably comes from somewhere where she could be, she's a little more conservative within her own self. And off camera, you know, you could be a little bit more free. You can talk a little bit more, you know, that nobody's going to see and nobody will judge you. And I guess from her experience with watching Drag Race, she tries to be very much more calm so that to 
not create conflict that might come back to her on camera. However, in a situation like that, I do see how the other queens would see that as uh, you're trying to play mind games with us or you're trying to like be one person and you're not and call it out. Well, we get a visit from T.S. Madison. It's the first visit of the season and best believe she's wearing that face mask. T.S. says she's proud of each and every one of them because they are bringing all and no one knows how much courage it takes to be out there to be critiqued by people with the best you've got. T.S. calls Olivia beautiful, but she was mad at her for her Tabitha. She says you can't come to Drag Race and not be prepared because everyone is sitting in front of their TVs ready to see who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. She compliments Elliot and calls her a well-put-together queen, which makes Elliot she say. Yeah. And then T.S. says to Gottmik, from one trans to another, she is happy to see them there and showing that drag is an art form. This was a really important moment. Again, we don't we we haven't had that on the show before. I know. Unfortunately, thirteen seasons, and we finally get it. I Good. know. We got it. PS says that if you don't win that one hundred thousand dollars, make it when you leave. And you know what? There are a lot of queens who've done that. And yep, you're right. Snaps for them. Elliot was glad to hear TS call her well polished queen, and she is fueled up to get to the finish line. But as Ruth says, girl. Not gonna happen. Before the girls get their iPads, Candy says that they have done so much than anyone has done so far. And if you leave, leave with your head held high. Past your muse in the house. <laughs> Elliot is not done here. Utica doesn't want to go home. She is going to fight. But at the in the end, Elliot is bummed to be sent home. But to come back as the first person, quote unquote, eliminated and thrive after being sent home first. She is happy and is proud to be able to do that. She reads her notes, and the first one is from Tina, and is happy that um, she opened up to her. Simone's note says that underestimating her was a mistake. Elliot is happy to have come her here and learned that you have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. No shit, Sherlock. That's what everyone will always tell you if you're going to be on Drag Race. Be, be yourself. Yeah. Be yourself. She says that she has been talked down and degraded ever since she put a wig on at age 15. But now, being on the show, she feels seen, and it was the most incredible experience ever. She's proud of what she did, and this is just the beginning. And I, I love that because, you know, I think because we have had nine episodes so far and very little elimination, it gave a lot of girls opportunities to present themselves. And I yeah. felt like Elliot really got a chance to present herself. And even on social media, you know, I follow Elliot. Um, I see the opportunities that she has gotten from the show in terms of performance, even in a pandemic. And you just know that that's going to continue to grow and rise as her career goes along. So, well, this is a good segue to the burning questions that I end with. What is Elliot's legacy? And I have a follow up. I'm not sure how much of this you're aware of. Will the behind-the-scenes drama tarnish her chances of ever returning to the show? In terms of, like, what's been happening from, like, what other people are accusing her of? Yes, because that, that when, when the name Elliot with three Ks is thrown out there, it's not something you take lightly. And, and mm-hmm. I know that Candy has been pretty vocal about things that the show may or may not be covering. Mm-hmm. Um... 
based on from what I've seen, right? And this is not like listening to like anyone else right. and just seeing the, the work that Elliot puts out. Yes, there may be a possibility that she could return to the show. Um, and I, again, I wasn't there with filming, so I don't know what Elliot may have said behind the scenes. Um, I did see one video where she made like a little comment about somebody not being aggressive, the way how they talked. But I don't think this tarnished her, char her chances. Um, and despite that, I think, as T.S. Madison said, Elliot is very, very put together. Mm -hmm. And I feel within a year or two, she's going to become even more polished, especially being that she has kind of like a support. She's in Vegas, right? So her support system now, being that she's been on the show, is like Coco Montrese, um, uh, Alexis Mateo. And she now has those girls that are on her side to help her develop her talent even more in a certain aspect, which I think she probably didn't have that type of support before. So even dealing with the Elliot with 3K things, as long as she continues to like show her authentic self moving on forward, and there's not anything that actually comes out saying X, Y, and Z, then there's a chance. But again, I don't know what the show is covering up. I don't know what may have been said backstage to predict anything else other than that. I am very much a innocent till proven guilty kind of person. Yeah. Show me the proof, then let's make the statement. I personally don't need to see Elliot in an all-star season again, but I hope she has learned from watching the show and learn from what the fans have said. She's got to step it up. And yeah. it, we could see a redemption arc from her, and that could be very cool. But there are many other queens this season who I think have a better shot of coming back for an all-star season. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. You know, one of the other things, too, you know, some of her, yes, we're saying that she should step up some of her outfits. But then we have to remember, when the queens are preparing for this, they were in a mid-pandemic. Right. So well, I, I think it's also performance-wise. There are some, like, especially the acting challenges, that's where she really needs to step up. Mm -hmm. And probably, you know, that wasn't her, like, her personality. She doesn't have one of those, like, outlandish right. vocal personalities. When it comes to, like, her runway stuff, like, I give her so much credit. I give every single one of those queens of course, credit. Absolutely. Because unlike New York City, you probably couldn't get a fabric store. And I think Utica had mentioned that and other queens... Yeah, and then like with me, I have a bunch of fabric at home. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give you that on that side, Elliot. But yeah. Okay, yeah. so next week we have eight queens and it seems we're doing the makeover challenge where the girls have to make over each other as each other. Is this working? And do we think that they have to wear each other's clothes? There is a teaser out there that Rosé is in a burner look, so... Who is in danger and why is it Tina Burner? Because they're featuring Tina Burner to set her up to go home. But I, think I, mean, I don't know, allegedly. Listen, this but is a know. makeover challenge. You are being told to make over another person with your face. Of the queens that are left, I would say Tina and Candy are in most danger because they are not the strongest makeup artists. And I don't know what would happen if you Tina's face on Rosé. It, it, I it, don't know either. It, it just didn't, it, I don't know, I don't know if it would work. So I'm very nervous for Tina next, next week. I can see her going home. I don't, I don't, I, I hope not. Cause I, you know, secretly because Tina's from New York, yay Tina New York, I want Tina to make it to the end. Um, so I hope she doesn't go home, but 
and she would be the first of the New York Four to go. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. So crazy. Um, if a makeover challenge is what sends her home, but and Tina, yeah, I mean, yeah, Tina's not the best makeup artist. Just looking at this 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 group, like Simone is brilliant at makeup. Obviously, Gottmik can turn anyone into anything. Rose has, next week. Yeah, Rose is pretty good at makeup. Olivia's good at makeup. Utica's good at makeup. Denali's good at makeup. And then you have Candy and Rose and, and Tina who are do themselves very well. But you know, the one thing about it is you could be good on makeup on yourself, but it's uh-huh. harder to do it on somebody else. Absolutely. And this is why yeah. the only person that I see doing good this cha- this next challenge. Yes, there may be other people, but it's got Mick. And because I've seen got Mick's work in all types of different aspects. So I know that no matter what type of skin tone, skin color, um, head shape, face shape, she will do an amazing job. Yeah, they'll probably get the clown white face, which will be yeah. Cool. And imagine, but imagine though, if next week got make like sucks. Oh my god, that will be something. I like to end the podcast every time this way. After nine episodes, who is the winner of the season? Oh my god! So I really want the winner to be Simone. Me too. However, Gottmik stands a chance. And she stands a chance for a few reasons. Let's be real. The last, what, three, four winners of Drag Race has been a person of color. Mm-hmm. And who knows? They may not go with Simone. But the thing with Gottmik is Gottmik represents so much more to the Drag Race fandom and overall other than just the sure. drag artists. And I think having got make win, especially when they are doing well and doing good and producing the challenge, it will set a standard for drag race that would be impactful. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, when it comes to on the like the producer side, when they make those decisions, because we all know RuPaul has the final say, wink, wink. Yeah. But when they produce it, they may want to produce it in that aspect to set it up where to say, hey, we People are calling our show um, anti-trans, blah, 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 but we have a trans represented winner. And I also think that, you know, having a person that's trans represented as a part of the winner's circle will be iconic. But again, my money's on Simone, but I see how it would go to Gottman. I, I think after this week's runway, I will put, put the house on it. I will bet that Simone wins. Like, Gottman, you're right. Is, is a powerful representative community that's not been represented on the show. But Simone is bringing a power and a voice that has never been seen on the show that she'll then bring post-show. Shay Kool-Aid just, kind of did that, though. Shay did it, but in a very different way. You know, I, I just, there's something about Simone that I can just, that feels like the winner. And maybe it's also because early last season, I was a big fan of Gigi Good until Gigi Good started to irritate me. So I want to win. win I want to win for the House of Avalon. So let it be uh, Simone. Yeah. And you know, you know what's funny? When I, 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 had, I already knew Simone was Gigi's friends because I saw Simone in photos way prior to like announcement. And when she got on, I was like, I wasn't a big fan of Gigi. 
And it kind of, I was a little bit hesitant on Simone as well, but Simone blew me out of the water. Great. And I was just amazed. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. where can we find you on social media and Venmo? Oh my God, me. So you can find me um, at Detox Bustier, which is D-E-T-O-X-X-B-U-S-T-I-A-E. Um, you could use that across all of my platforms, especially on Venmo, Facebook, Instagram, um, OnlyFans. I'm kidding about the OnlyFans part. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me at Detox Bustier on everything. Well, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. I, I was really excited. And I'm happy that, you know, you were like, hey, let's come and do this. Because I love talking about drag race. Um, and I feel like your platform, Block Talk, it's so amazing. I just wish there was a video part that we get to do. And I could have been in full drag. Well, I am in full drag. But I wish there was a yeah. video part to this as well. But one, it's still one day. One day we'll get there. Hashtag Patreon. The biggest thanks to Detox for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 